Left knee surgery for Giannis. Not exactly the best news, but what does it actually mean? And what was the toll that Giannis undertook this year from a physical standpoint that led us to this point? Also, flopping rules for the NBA. Are they overdue? Are the Boston Celtics going to be more likable? That's an interesting question. And the latest from free agency, in my opinion, the Bucks probably still a guard short. Let's get into it. Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. And as always, to start the show, we'd like to thank the listeners and the viewers for joining us Monday to Friday. We appreciate the support and uh, particularly in the off-season, it's been super busy and the subscription numbers continue to rise at this time of the year, which is what I love. We're continuing to grow the show. Uh, We've been on YouTube now for a little over a year. We've had nearly 2 million views in that period of time, so it's incredible Uh, For me to see the growth of this show and with the help of Frank and Justin, Camille and everyone else that jumps on the show, we appreciate it, but we appreciate you guys for getting behind us. If you haven't dropped a subscription yet or a like or commented to get involved in the show, make sure you do that today. Make today that we do that because it's an interesting time. If you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan, if you're like me, over this part of the world, I woke up and I saw the news that Giannis underwent left knee surgery, a left knee left knee cleanup. Uh, I should say. So, look, it's not like it's it's major surgery, but this is really the first time that we've seen Giannis in a position like this uh, go under the knife. So it's absolutely noteworthy. We're going to break down that today. We're going to get to uh, the flopping rules in the NBA, the changing Celtics roster, and what does that mean for a couple of guys that if you're a Bucks fan, you probably haven't enjoyed their work over the last few years. Uh, there was a roster update today as well. We'll get to that. And then the latest from free agency. I've got some guard names if the Bucks are going to add a 15th man to the roster or another free agent, uh, who are the point guards that are still out there? Because I think the backup point guard position is still uh, something that hasn't been totally addressed for this team. So like I said, it's free to do. Support the show. It helps us. It boosts us to the top of the rankings, particularly on YouTube, but on the podcast platforms as well. So we appreciate that. Uh, the Giannis news coming out of... Uh, Greece today. Really, the, the Greek reporters all over this. We know Giannis has been over there for a period of time. Uh, he also looks like he's been in China over the last few days as well. So he's traveling around. Uh, ultimately, a knee cleanup, as I described and as has been reported. So not major surgery by any stretch, but the first time he's been through this situation. So I think we've all gotten used to watching the Bucks and seeing Giannis on the injury report with the knee soreness uh, over the last few years. He missed at 19 games this year, 15 games the year before. And I think we've gotten to the point as Giannis now approaches 29 and then approaches his 30s with these kind of knee soreness, the patella, the tendonitis, those types of things. That's not really going to go away, particularly at his age. So I think we've gotten used to the idea of him missing games. Uh, but this left knee was the one that uh, he obviously had that unbelievably scary incident with 
in the 2021 postseason, and he kind of just pushed through. There wasn't any surgery after that that we're aware of. There's clearly been some stuff floating around in there that needed a cleanup and he's been battling with. So I don't know how you feel about this, but to me, it's a minor term thing. It shouldn't impact anything regarding the NBA season. Certainly at this point, head coach Adrian Griffin mentioned today after practice that they fully expect that he's going to be ready for training camp in September. Uh, But what it does impact is the FIBA World Cup. We discussed last week the possibility of Giannis not being there at the FIBA World Cup. As it currently stands, the first game for Greece against Jordan is on August 26th. So we're still a fair way away from uh, tip-off there. But given there has been surgery, the earlier reports that the Bucs were going to be super cautious, as they should with their superstar, the fact that there was actually a procedure now probably adds to the idea that Giannis isn't going to be there. Now, again, our Greek friends totally understand you should feel uh, not thrilled about that. That's a, that's a massive letdown for everyone, including us here, because on August 28th, uh, Greece is set to play Team USA, and I was fired up to watch that game and obviously do a podcast uh, there for the, the Greek national team and, and what Giannis could do at the World Cup. But I think that this does feel like now, even though I fully understand that Giannis will do whatever he can to play for his country and he will want to be there for the World Cup, the fact now that there's been a procedure feels like that seems a little less likely. But I am one that likes to be optimistic. So I do sit back and I say, well, okay, can we spin this and say, this is a really positive thing. Maybe Giannis feels a little bit of relief in that left knee. Maybe he feels better after this. We went through the numbers and I had a look at them again today. And I think a lot of this, and I've said this throughout the season, comes back to the toll that Giannis has been under as the number one guy on this team with your number two scorer, Chris Middleton, missing the majority of the season. Not only was the efficiency down for Giannis, but the shot profile changed a little bit. So if we just go through some of the numbers, 59% of his shots came at the rim last year compared with 53. And it's just basically simple math, easy to understand, easy to see when you're watching the game. Nothing comes easy at the rim for Giannis. It's all physical. He's putting more toll on his body, on those knees, on his back. He had the hand injury through the season as well. So I think that it's fair to say that watching Giannis through his career, as we have, last year was the year that he got beat up the most. And I think part of that was personnel. If you look at the starting five for the Bucs with Holiday, Middleton, Giannis, uh, Grayson Allen, Brooke Lopez, they only played in 16 games together last year during the regular season. They were never out on the floor together. And it was either Giannis missing the 19 games, as I mentioned, Middleton missed a ton, Holiday missed some stuff. The constants really were Grayson Allen and Brooke Lopez, but 16 games total for the starting five. And not only that, you entered the postseason with the big three of Giannis, Chris, and Drew Holiday only playing 23 games and 236 minutes together on the floor. 236 minutes total. If you go back to the title year, they played 926 minutes, 700 more minutes than they did last year. There was no continuity. And ultimately, when Giannis was out there without those guys, that put a lot more toll on him to find ways to score, to be more assertive, to be more aggressive, and ultimately probably put more toll on his body. So that's why I sit back and I'm still optimistic about this team and what they can do next year. And even though I see a little bit of disappointment in the YouTube comments about the majority of the guys coming back, And I know this is me sitting here and putting faith in the idea that Middleton's going to be healthy and Giannis is going to get to 65, 70 games and Holiday and Lopez at age 35 is going to be fine. So there is clearly things that can go wrong here. 
But I just look at the regular season and even though they had the number one record in the NBA, we all watched the season and it wasn't until they got hot at the end. Nobody thought they were going to have the number one record. I think there was some mediocrity elsewhere in the Eastern Conference as well. But I'm seeing some general pessimism around what the Bucs did or didn't do in free agency. I'm just not really buying it. I think if you really look back at the story of the regular season last year and the way that the Bucs entered the postseason, they weren't in great shape. And then you add another injury to Giannis in the playoffs and it was a disaster. It ended in disaster, but I think that there is still looking at the numbers and hopefully new head coach, maybe some different offense. Uh, we'll see about different personnel. The Bucks still might have some moves in the ranks and we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. I think that while we look at the regular season generally and have said it doesn't really matter for this Bucks team, I think it will matter this year. Try new things, particularly on offense, and hopefully take some toll off Giannis. Uh, And again, maybe he feels a little bit better after having this surgery because I mentioned the frequency of the shots at the rim clearly went up. But his efficiency dipped everywhere. And it was the short mid-range from 39% down to 28 last season. The mid-range overall, 41 down to 32. Uh, Those are the numbers that you really want to see build up because at the end of the day, he was 75% at the rim. That's only down from 77% a year earlier with the frequency going right up. So I think that physically Giannis hasn't had to have a year like he did last year. And I understand that's why some people are saying the Bucs should have moved on from some of these star other players on the roster because they don't have the faith in the, in the body. But I do. A full offseason, an early exit from the playoffs. Yes, it's not guaranteed. But I think with the big three and those numbers and the minutes that I read out, I think the Bucs can still be in a really, really good position this year. And while it might mean that Giannis misses the FIBA World Cup and particularly that game against Team USA, it might work out as an okay thing for the Bucs. And the one thing I will say is we've seen Giannis on social media. He's still been very active. He's seen with the leg sleeve on the, on the left leg there, but he's still been getting shots up. He's laughing. He's having a good time. So I don't think that there's any cause for panic. It's just a shame if you're looking forward to seeing Giannis play basketball uh, next month, like I know certainly a lot of our viewers and listeners absolutely were. Uh, but if it turns out that he's not good to go till September in training camp, as long as he's healthy, I think that's the main thing uh, if you are a fan of the Morky Bucks. All right, let's get to the flopping rules coming up next because I think it's fascinating. And I live in Australia and we've had flopping rules over here in the NBL for a, a number of years now. I think it's about time it came to the NBA but maybe it's not going to be perfect. So we'll discuss that next. The Boston Celtics free agents still to come. Uh, Stick around for that after we talk about our sponsor of today's show. And that, of course, is BetterHelp. They've been with us for a while. And sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy can help you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement, trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets, and BetterHelp can uh, certainly help with that. And you should give uh, BetterHelp a try if you're thinking about uh, testing out therapy and and seeing what it's all about. The good thing about BetterHelp is that it's entirely online, so you don't have to go to a waiting room. You don't have to bump into people you might know. I know that's been uh, something that I certainly haven't wanted to do in the past. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Get betterhelp.com. Doc, uh, sorry, visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on NBA. 
So flopping rules for the NBA. I think that this is uh, certainly been well overdue and we're going to get to that and I'll pull up exactly the definition from the NBA in just a second. But don't forget, Summer League coming right up and I've really been mentioning this all week, to be honest, that we're going to do a Summer League preview podcast. But every time we go to do it, more news drops and we just don't get there. The plan is tomorrow to do a Summer League preview podcast. Uh, there are some really exciting names on this roster. Uh, we'll break down some of those and what to expect from the Bucks because as far as I can see, uh, the Bucks are playing some basketball on Friday night, 6 p.m. Eastern against the Brooklyn Nets. We'll uh, try and have a post-game pod for Summer League as well. We try to do that. There's only so many chances we get to watch this Bucks team, so we've got to make the most of it here on Locked on Bucks. So stick with us tomorrow for Summer League preview, uh, then some post-game pods as Summer League gets started. And uh, who knows? Maybe the Bucks make a run uh, for a Summer League title. So let's start by pulling up the official definition from NBA com- uh, Communications when it comes to the flopping rules in the NBA. Of course, let us know uh, what you think about the introduction of this rule. And this is uh, in Summer League, obviously. So if a flopping penalty is assessed by game officials, the opposing team will be awarded one free throw and then they'll get the ball back. A player who commits a flop will be assessed an unsportsmanlike technical foul, which does not count as a personal foul or lead to ejection. Officials will not be required to stop live play to call a flopping violation. They can wait until the next neutral opportunity to stop play. So uh, this is something that is uh, very familiar with uh, what I've watched in the NBL in recent years. Uh, A little bit different, I would say, in the NBL or certainly the FIBA game in terms of there can be a flop warning first. uh, And it's just signaled by the officials. So you see someone flop, they'll call flop warning on that player. They can officially announce it again at the next dead ball. But if there is a second violation, uh, same thing. It is a free throw. It's an unsportsmanlike uh, foul. The team will get the ball back. But I think the good thing about this is that uh, it's not stopping live play. Play continues to roll on. I think that's important for the flow of the game. And, you know, I've always looked at this and I think that it's going to be challenging. I think there's going to be some mistakes. I was just watching some summer league ball before I did this podcast and there was a play where there was legitimately a raised forearm by a driving player, caught the defender in the jaw. Maybe the defending player exaggerated the contact a little bit, but at the same time, he still got a forearm to the jaw. And I I think that this is where the flopping rules become the most challenging because if that player doesn't exaggerate that contact, it clearly should be an offensive foul. But with the speed of the game, can you see that? I'm not I'm not really sure. So I think that's where it's going to be challenging. And I'm fascinated to see how it plays out uh, during Summer League because there's going to be mistakes and there's going to be situations where guys uh, perhaps exaggerate the contact even though there's been a foul and they're just trying to highlight the fact that that has been the case. I've always sat back with flopping players and we might get to a couple in just a second here and said, well, I've found it. Even if it's frustrating, I found it hard to uh, blame the players because it keeps getting rewarded. So I've always been frustrated at the officials. And I think with the example I just gave, maybe the best approach to flopping is just any exaggeration, that's a flop. We're not putting up with that. And you can tell. You can see if someone's throwing their arms in the air, they're flying to the floor, just don't call it. And maybe if there's going to be a mistake, it's a missed call on something that should have been a foul. But if, pl- if the player goes out of his way to exaggerate it, 
bad luck. Just that that's this is basketball. There's going to be mistakes. There's going to be physical plays, and it's not going to be perfect. But I do think even in real time, it can be easy to see those uh, extreme exaggerations, and maybe that's the best way for the NBA to go about it. But let me know what you think about uh, the NBA introducing or trialing uh, some flopping rules. I think it's a I think it's a good progression. I think they've tried to introduce some rules over the last few years, and some of them have been great in terms of the the uh, the fouls for shooters and you know James Harden, Trey Young, these types of players. I think this is the next step. I don't think it interrupts the game too much. And ultimately, I think it can go some way to stamping out flopping because we do not see a lot of it in the NBL here in Australia. So I'm fascinated by that, but let us know what you think. Uh, very quickly, I've got here on the topic bar, Celtics more likable with a question mark. So I mentioned some of the guys that maybe exaggerate contact a little bit. Uh, our friends over in Boston with the Celtics, perhaps two guys that have uh, frustrated Bucks fans, let's just say that, with some of the ways that they defend and the tactics. And Marcus Smart and Grant Williams, two of those guys, let's just say that. So Marcus Smart no longer in Boston. He's in Memphis for now at least. Grant Williams this morning, Australian time, traded to the Dallas Mavericks. He's going to be playing with Luca and Jason Kidd. I don't know how that dynamic all works together. But two of the... More frustrating players, I would say, on the Boston Celtics for opposition fans. No longer there. Are the Celtics more likable? Is it just Boston? I don't know. I still think they're going to be significant rivals of the Milwaukee team. But uh, I do think, even if you add in a Chris Stapps Porzingis, I think this changes the dynamic for the Celtics. And we look at what the Bucs did, and there's some fans that are frustrated that Milwaukee might not have got better in the offseason. I don't know. As I sit here right now, we don't know really know what's going on with the health of Malcolm Brogdon as well. I don't think the Celtics got better. You, you still hope if you're a Celtics fan that Tatum and Brown at the age they're at will continue to get better. Do they like each other in the Celtics locker room? I'm not sure. With Grant Williams and Marcus Smart part of that as kind of antagonizers, I'm not 100% sure. But I kind of sit back and think, I don't think that Boston got better. And ultimately, if you're a Bucks fan, uh, you feel pretty good about that. And uh, of course, could be wrong. This is a, just July thoughts here, but... I think you're uh, keeping an eye on all the other teams in the East and the potential teams uh, that could take a step. We continue to wait what happens with Damian Lillard. But your thoughts on the Celtics, are they likable, more likable? They're not likable. Are they more likable? I think that's the, the right question here. I uh, want to get to some free agent names next uh, and a roster move for the Bucks today as well. So a list of names to go through with you all. I uh, still think the Bucks might have one more move left in the bank. So we're going to get to that next. Stick around. Uh, a roster move for Milwaukee. Amari Moore officially uh, made a two-way player for the Milwaukee Bucks for this upcoming season. He'll be a part of Summer League. And uh, one of up to three two-way players. We mentioned that on the last podcast, but obviously with the new CBA, uh, you can go uh, from having two two-way players to three two-way players now as well. Uh, Lindell Wigginton going to be part of Summer League as well. We know him very well. A guy that really dominates uh, the G League and has come up and had some decent minutes with the Milwaukee Bucks as well. So is Wigginton going to be a two-way player? Not 100% sure. And AJ Green's the other one. He's still kind of just out there. There's been no official announcement really of how that looks. I'm not sure whether there's any other teams that are going to try and get in on uh, the restricted free agent uh, part of, of his uh, sort of deal there. So we'll see what happens with AJ Green. I know there's a lot of Bucks fans that are interested to see what happens with him. They would love to have him back, whether it's a two-way or maybe the main roster spot. 
uh, as we discussed the other day on the podcast, the Bucks really now at around 12 guys. If you go through the list as I pull it up, so Drew, Pat, Grayson, Malik Beasley, Marjan Bochamp, Chris Milton, Jay Crowder, Giannis, Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, Robin Lopez, uh, and Thanasis, who, you know, technically we still haven't heard anything about Thanasis either, although uh, it's been pretty late generally over the last few years. I don't think there's any panic there. I don't think he's going to play anywhere else. So uh, in the NBA anyway. So I, I still kind of assume that Thanasis will be back, but we'll wait and see confirmation there. But at least now for the numbers game, I've got him on this list along with uh, Chris Livingston and Jackson Jr. So if Livingston and Jackson Jr. become uh, you know, rookie deal guys on the main roster, you're at 14. So you know, I don't think AJ Green would be the 15th player on the roster. I think that there is still a hole at the backup point guard position. I know there's a lot of love about, uh, a lot of love, perhaps a lot of excitement about the idea of the Bucks trading uh, for a player again, as we discussed on the last podcast. Check it out if you missed it. A number of trade targets we mentioned, but Colin Sexton, there's still a significant amount of excitement about him potentially coming to the Bucks. It's kind of been quiet for a few days now, so I'm not sure if that's the case. But if the Bucks did just want to go down the path of adding a free agent, uh, some of the names that are still out there that I looked at uh, this morning on uh, Spot Track's free agency tracker. So, as far as I can tell, this is all still legit. Uh, Aaron Holiday. <laughs> if you have two Adetokumbo brothers, two Lopez brothers, two Holiday brothers, I don't know. I don't think we can rule it out. I saw a number of people mentioning Justin Holiday. I believe he signed with Denver, but he signed somewhere anyway. So, Justin Holiday off the board. Maybe there's room for another Holiday there. Uh, Austin Rivers, a guy I've got on the list. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, Will Barton as well. Barton, it may be a little bit uh, long in the tooth now. Certainly a guy that we've discussed a lot over the years here on uh, Locked on Bucks. Kendrick Nunn, yeah, maybe still an upside guy. Didn't play a lot over the last couple of seasons, really. A uh, little surprised to see him still there, but I'm not sure if he's someone that that excites you. But again, he's not really... A, a traditional backup point guard anyway. I, I still think that the Bucks wouldn't mind someone that could run a little bit of offense. They didn't really have that last year with Javon Carter. He wasn't a guy that was going to run the half-court set, but it would be nice. And I think in theory, that was the idea of having Goran Dragic. He's still on the list. I'm, I'm not sure that he's going to come back to Milwaukee, but you know, maybe without Javon Carter there, Goran Dragic would actually play a little bit more as well. But we didn't see a lot of him. Again, he's 35, 36 now, so I'm not sure that's going to be the path they go down. Uh, George Hill, I don't think he's going to have a third stint, but he is still there at the moment. I know uh, he certainly discussed a little bit about the idea of having his last stop in Indiana, and I think he was happy to be there, and the fans were happy to have him with the Pacers organization. And then just the other one, and I'm curious to ask the listeners where you're at with Wesley Matthews. What's he going to do? Because you know, I mentioned it a few times over the last couple of weeks, but honestly, he was pretty good in the postseason. And again, he's not a backup point guard, but... You know, potentially depth, the guy that can you know, play 40, 50 games during the regular season and maybe 12 months on, not so much. I don't know where he's going to be by the time the postseason rolls around. But to me, at least, he has been a guy you've been able to trust in the playoffs. Uh, and if you have injuries, you know, maybe he's a guy you put on the roster. I'm not so sure. But let us know how you think about those names. I've definitely seen a little bit of John Wall as well. I don't know what's going on with John Wall. But uh, Kendrick Nunn, Austin Rivers... Aaron Holiday, I'm not sure if anyone is getting uh, the people too excited. I think there's definitely more eyes towards the trades from fans. 
Uh, we know the names that might be involved there, but at the moment, it's all quiet for the Bucks. But if anything happens, any news-wise, whether it's free agency, trade, anything, reports, rumors, uh, we'll be all over it on Locked On Bucks. Let us know what you thought about today's show. Uh, the main talking point, Giannis, no doubt about that. How are you feeling with the left knee cleanup uh, for the Bucks superstar there? And then getting into the flopping rules, let us know what you thought. The Celtics, are they more likable? And then just roster updates. What do you want to see the Bucks do to really finalize this roster? Maybe you wait till Summer League. Maybe there's someone that stands out and you need to wrap him up. Uh, we'll see. But Summer League coming right up. A preview tomorrow, uh, followed by game time. Bucks and Nets. Summer League is back. We all get far too excited about it. I'm certainly in that boat right now, and I can't wait to watch the Milwaukee Bucks again. Can't wait to speak to you all uh, tomorrow as well on this show. Appreciate the support. Drop a like, a comment, subscribe, rate, and review. It's free to do. We appreciate it. We'll see you all tomorrow.